Calvary. So every day my heart will praise Him. Oh, I know I'll never be the same. All I want to do is love Him, love His holy name. I've got nothing in my ear monitor. You happen to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Bibles, let's turn to Isaiah 59 and 19. It's so good to be here this morning. Glad I was able to make it this year. Last year I had to cancel, and I thought I might have to cancel again this year. I got stuck in Canada uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, but we made it, so thank Amen. the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. I've enjoyed the, the past two uh, sermons. They've been wonderful. I've been blessed by them. Have you all enjoyed them so far? Yes. Amen. Isaiah 59 and 19. Before we read, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord. God, we've, Lord, we've got so much out of the last couple of services, Lord, but this is a new service, another opportunity. Yes, and I ask, Lord, that you would anoint me, Father. As I lay myself aside, speak through these lips of clay, Lord. You see the needs that are in this building, Father, the desires of the heart. I ask, Lord, that the word would go and meet the need, Father. Minister to the hearts of your people. Lord, may, you, may the congregation lay themselves aside, Father, and, and receive the words of life this morning. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Now, Isaiah 59 and 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against yes. it. Amen. You may be seated this morning. It's got a simple subject this morning, but if I had a title, it would be a standard raised by the message. And I want to start out by saying that this message ain't just for the adults. It ain't just for the elders. Too many times we get in our, in our minds, you know, I, me growing up, I always thought the message was just for the preachers, just for the adults, just, just for the, the parents. But this message ain't just for the adults. But it's for a young people. There's somebody on earth that's being a light at school. Somebody on earth being a light at the job site. There's somebody on earth that's proclaiming the life of Jesus Christ. But I like how the Bible puts that. The enemy shall come in like a flood. He's saying not maybe so, not a, not a hope so, not, not if the devil gets lucky. But the enemy is going to come in like a flood. But it didn't just stop there. He says the enemy is going to come in, but at the same time, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard. So it may look dark, it may look bleak, it may look impossible to live an overcoming life. It may look impossible to live a victorious life, but God's promised that there's going to be a power in this last day to rise above sin, rise above Laodicea. And I believe there's some young people today those proclaiming that this scripture is coming to pass in this last day. This wasn't speaking of days gone by, but it was speaking of this day. This is the most evil day, the most wickedest day. But there's still somebody living a pure life, an unadulterated life. It's somebody on earth that's proclaiming the life of Jesus Christ. You see that Brother Branham says there's going to be two spirits at work in this last day. The spirit of God and the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist. And both of these spirits are coming for your life. For your mind, for your body, and you're going to give heed to one of those spirits Amen. and produce the actions of those spirits. 
You look at uh, you look at the world today. There's evil, but the way evil is known today is by something somebody producing evil. Somebody's life is smoking. They're drinking. They're doing these things. Their life is producing the spirit that they're under. But if the spirit of the devil can cause somebody to commit suicide, if the spirit of the devil can cause somebody to pierce their ears and to put tattoos on their body, what will the spirit of Christ do in a young people that surrendered? Oh, come on, somebody. I don't believe we got to be bound to pornography. I don't got to. I don't believe we got to be bound to smoking and to drinking. But there's a power on earth that can take control of your life and you can produce the actions of Jesus Christ. But we got to surrender to one of those spirits. But you see, this Antichrist spirit. It's not just after, it's not after the denominations. He's already got them. The Methodists, the Baptists, the Pentecostals, they're all consumed by the Spirit. But He's after the bride of Jesus Christ because you haven't pushed away the Word of God, but you've embraced the message of the hour. That's why He's targeting, targeting your life. You see, Brother Branham says, now remember this. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. Notice how he says that. The true church. He's making a separation. But the book of Revelation shows how that the Antichrist spirit will come into the church. He's making a separation. There's two spirits. There's two groups. But there's two different results. The true church is coming under the spirit of Christ and is producing another book of Acts. There's a power inside of the bride of Christ to defeat everything the devil sends against us. But the, I'm going to continue reading. But the book of Revelation shows how the Antichrist spirit would come into the church, defiling it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. So there's two groups. He's making a separation. The church and the true church. What did the message come to do? It come to pull the true church out of the church. Brother Branham says Moses called a nation out of a nation. That message made a separation and gave the children of Israel an authority to march over the spirits that was inside of Egypt. And this message has given the bride of Christ, a group of young people, the authority to march over the Antichrist spirit that's proclaiming that it's real and it's proclaiming that it's powerful. But there's a bride that's resisting it and saying there's an authority inside of this message and I'm not going down defeated. I'm rising up an overcomer. I'm not going in the tribulation. I'm going in the rapture. I'm not going down, but I'm going up. But somebody's got somebody's to surrender itself to that spirit. To Revelation, you see that the Egyptians tried to follow the children of Israel out of bondage. But not everybody's going to make this rapture. The make-believers trying to make a rapture. The young believers trying to make a rapture. The hypocrites are trying to make a rapture. But there's only one that's going in the rapture. That's somebody that has surrendered themselves to the spirit of Revelation, which is coming by the message of the hour. Yes, sir. You see that the Egyptians tried going through the Red Sea, but they missed a step. The only way to produce the message of that day was to come under the message. Oh, I know this is a young people's service, but too many people is trying to produce 
the actions of the message without coming under the headship of the message. Come under the headship of the message and it'll produce an invincible army. It'll produce more than a conqueror. It will produce what God has for this last day. You may say, Brother Josh, how do you come under the headship? By surrendering your thoughts of what's right. Surrendering what you think and coming under the message and saying, this message is my ultimate. It may come against my thinking. It may come against my ideas. It may come against my reasoning. But this message is the only way for a rapture. So I'm going to come under the headship of the message. So you see, they tried going through the Red Sea, but they missed the step. The message says, apply the token. The message said, apply the blood. The message said, but since they have their own ideas. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. Since they have their own thoughts. They said, no, we don't need to do that. I don't believe in that. But I'm still going to go through the Red Sea. But there was no power to overcome outside of the message of that day. There's no power to overcome on the outside of the message for this day. You may say, Brother Josh, I don't believe that. Well, the Baptist is reading the same Bible you're reading. The Pentecostals are reading reading the same Bible you're reading. The Baptists are reading the same Bible you're reading, but they're not producing an overcoming life. They don't know what it means. They're under the wrong spirit. But the message of the hour come to say, no, this is man's ideas. Oh, they say there's three gods, but that's wrong. They say do this, but that's wrong. The message come to pull you out of man's ideas and give you God's interpretation. You see, man's ideas ain't going to produce a rapture. Man's ideas ain't going to produce a body change. But the message of the hour will produce a body change, produce a rapture, produce a future home. That's why I believe it's sticking with the message. You may say, Brother Josh, that's just for the grown-ups. I'm a young person that's come under the message. And I can see what the power of this message will do in a 13-year-old boy's life, a 15-year-old boy's life. I don't care what age you're at. The message can work through your life. I was feeling a call to preach at 12 years old. And I was praying and asking the Lord what to do. And something spoke to my heart. Get into the message. 12 years old. That wasn't a boy's mind. That wasn't a boy's thinking. That wasn't a boy's reasoning. That was the call of God on my life. Saying you've got a purpose on earth. And the way to fulfill that purpose is to get in the message of the hour. And you've got a purpose on your life. Every one of you have a calling. But you've got to come under the message of the hour. So that that calling can be fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah. You see, Moses had a calling on his life too. But he couldn't fulfill it until he met the backside of the desert. Met the, the pillar of fire. And I believe we got the pillar of fire on this last day that is commissioning us what to do. You see, Moses tried to fulfill that calling in his own ability. And he killed one Egyptian. There was no power inside of just his calling to fulfill the word. He was prophesied. He was elected. He was, he was ordained to be there. But until he met the pillar of fire, which gave him his commission, he couldn't fulfill his purpose. And until you meet the pillar of fire, which is given the message of the hour, you can't fulfill your purpose. Hope that's okay this morning. But once he came under the pillar of fire, heeded to his commission. Oh, you know what I like about the story? Was the pillar of fire was speaking out of the burning bush and it was quoting scripture. 
It says, I have, come, I have heard the cries of my people, and I've come to deliver them, which was a scriptural promise. So now we got scripture. Then there was the pillar of fire, which is the Holy Ghost. But this didn't just stop there. But then a message came forth. The message was proclaiming what the scripture was saying for that day. We didn't just have a scriptural a promise in this day, but we got a message to proclaim that that scriptural promise can be fulfilled. Amen. Oh, I hope this is okay this morning. Hallelujah. But once he came under his commission, there was no devil could stand in his way. All right. There was no, there was no, there was nothing that could stand in his way. He came up with boldness. He was a coward. He was running away from the Egyptians. But once he came under the commission that God had for his life, he wasn't a coward no more, but he knew there was a greater authority backing him up. And he would go up to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what your strongholds are. I've been commissioned to proclaim that there's a liberty for the people of God. And if there's somebody that can hear the commission this morning, the message of the hour is saying, you don't got to be bound no longer. You don't got to be shackled no longer. But your commission is to rise up more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But it was only under the message of Moses. You see, God would speak through prophets throughout the Old Testament. The way the people would hear God was through the prophets. The Bible says, let me find the scripture here. The Bible would say that God spoke through prophets in 2 Peter, first and 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. So it was flawed human beings bringing forth a message to the people. It wasn't their own thoughts. It wasn't the will of man. But it was God relaying his thoughts to a prophet. Then he would preach those words. Preach those thoughts. You know what is a word? It's a thought expressed. So it was the thoughts of God. Then it would come into a prophet. Then it was a word. But then that word had to materialize. That word had to materialize. So whenever Moses said, uh, or whenever Noah says there's going to be a flood, it was the thoughts of God. Then it came unto the prophet, and he spoke. Then it was the word of God. Then the word was going to materialize. They didn't know when it was going to materialize, but they just knew if they stuck with the message, it was going to materialize. You look at uh, you look at Jonah. Jonah went up and he says, "Repent or perish." It was a thought. Then it came to the prophet. Then it was a word. Then the word started to materialize. Hope you're hope you're you're, you're following me this morning. Uh, Moses. It was a thought. Then it came a word. Then the word started to materialize. What I'm saying is, it was the thoughts of God that came over William Branham, a prophet. And he spoke the word. And now it's materializing in a group of young people. There's been thoughts for this last day that says you're more than a conqueror. The gates of hell won't prevail against you, but you will prevail against them. Those were thoughts. Now it's a word. And now it's being materialized right here in a group of young people. There's no devil. There's no hell. There's no spirit. No antichrist spirit can keep you bound when you come under the thoughts of God. Come under 
are the thoughts of God. And it will produce the thoughts for this day. Oh, you look at Hattie Wright. Hattie Wright was hearing the thoughts of God. Brother Brandon was speaking of the third pool. And too many people keep the third pool with the prophet. But that's not the case. That wasn't the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God was for you to speak to this mountain. Then the thoughts of God came to a prophet. Then he proclaimed the word. So he was speaking of the squirrels that he spoke into existence. And Hattie Wright was hearing the story. Hearing the testimony. Hearing the thoughts of God come forth. And she says, my, that's nothing but the truth. That's not just for the prophet. That's for me. Then all of a sudden the same inspiration that was on the prophet came upon Hattie Wright. And let me say this. this, The same inspiration that came on Malachi 4 that brought a message is the same inspiration that can come on a group of young people and produce and manifest the message that Malachi 4 brought. You're not a powerless army. You're not a powerless group of young people. But you're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Through the message of the hour. And so Hattie Wright says, that's nothing but the truth. There's something on the inside that's calling to me. That's what the message does. There's a seed on the inside. We know Brother Branham says, only the elected can see this message. So there's a seed on the inside that says, that's nothing but the truth. Brother Branham turned around and he says, you speak the words. So no longer was this ministry just with Brother Branham. But the same authority that Brother Branham had was now given to Hattie Wright under his message. And so Hattie Wright, you see the, 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 the simplicity of Hattie Wright. She looked at Brother Branham and says, what do I say? What do I ask for? She wasn't looking for money. She wasn't looking for prestige. But she was looking for something that, 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 that only, only God could give her. And so Brother Brandon says, you ask for a million dollars and it'll be right here. Right. You speak the, the, a healing for your sister and it'll happen. Yeah. And yeah. she stopped and her boys were laughing at her. There was two boys. Her two sons were laughing and making fun. And, and she stopped and he says, I want the salvation of my two boys. And right there, they were snickering. They were laughing. They were making fun. They were in shackles. But the message produced an authority. You want to see your, your kids saved? Stick with the message. Your opinions ain't going to get your kids saved. Your ideas ain't going to get your kids saved. Keep with this message. And you'll see your young people become an invincible army. Marching over sin, marching over pornography, marching over complexes, marching over anxiety. There's an authority inside of this message. Young people, you want to rise in power? Get inside of this message. Like I said, this message ain't just for adults. It's for young people. But somebody's got to get into the message. Listen to the tapes. Study it for yourself. I wasn't going off my daddy's revelation. I was studying myself at 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old. And I can say as a witness, this message has an authority to keep my life. And it has an authority to keep your life under the message of the hour. So all of a sudden, those boys were laughing and snickering. But they didn't realize. The devil didn't realize that there was an authority being released to a parent. 
The devil may think he's got you bound. He may think you're shackled and on your way to hell, but he don't realize that you've got some godly parents that's not under man's interpretation, but is under the message of the hour. And let me say this. You may think you're having a great time out in the world. You may think you're partying and having a great time. But there's going to come a time where God's going to get a hold of your life. And so you might as well save yourself some trouble and just give your life to Christ. Because if you're elected, God's going to get a hold of your life. Those boys tried everything they could do to resist the calling of God. You may try to resist the calling. You may sit here and say, no, I don't believe none of that. But if God's got a calling on your life, he's going to make sure you fulfill it. Then those boys fell over the mama's lap, crying, weeping. What happened? Somebody come under the message, and that produced an authority. That's good, buddy. Oh, this is okay this morning. You see, you look at Isaiah. Isaiah proclaimed a a prophecy and says a virgin is going to conceive. And that was 400 years later. That was a thought. Then it became a word through a prophet. But there was going to come a time where that word was materialized. It didn't matter what time, how long it took. If God said it was going to happen, God was going to make sure it comes to pass. You know, we've heard it many times. When's the rapture going to happen? You've been preaching that for all these years. It don't matter how long it's going to take. God has pronounced his thoughts in this day. It's going to materialize one of these days. And so there came Mary. And you know what happened? There was an angel, a messenger that came to Mary and started to pronounce scripture. You look at when Gabriel visited Mary. She was pronouncing, there was probably 10 scriptures in his message. He was, he was, a, he was a given to her. Then he stops and he says, you're going to have a baby. So it no longer was just scripture, but now it was a prophecy. It was a message pronouncing that scripture was about to come to pass. But it wasn't just message and Bible, but now it was the Holy Ghost. She says, how can this be? I know no man. Then the angel stops and he says, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. You want to produce the word of God for this day? There's the scripture, the message which backs up scripture. or The the scripture backs up the message. Then the Holy Ghost starts to produce it. Just like Moses. Moses had the scripture, had the message, and the pillar of fire. Just like Mary had scripture, the message, and the Holy Ghost. What do we have in this day? We've got scripture. The message comes out of scripture. And we've got the Holy Ghost to make it live. Oh, hallelujah. And there was nobody that could keep that word from coming to pass. There was no critic. She was criticized. She was made fun of. But she was given a promise to produce the word for this day, for that day. You may be criticized. You may be made fun of. But you've been given a promise to produce the word for this day. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you look at, you look at, I hope this is okay this morning. You look at Jesus. Jesus had a word concerning his life. Right. He was on earth to fulfill scriptural prophecy. That was the only, only reason he was on earth. And the devil thought he could destroy the purpose in his life. And so what happened? Herod says, I'm going to destroy all the baby boys. What was he doing? Destroying the young people. He was trying to destroy the young people because they was the one fulfilling scripture. 
Why is the devil after the young people? Because you're the next generation of warriors that's going to fulfill scripture. But there was no devil as they, as Herod's, as the army was going through the houses, destroying baby boys. Jesus couldn't be destroyed. He had a purpose for his life. He had a calling on his life. Oh, whenever, whenever the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees were going to push him off the mountain, remember, and he disappeared. They couldn't destroy him. He had a purpose for his life. God was going to make sure that his purpose wasn't going to be destroyed. You may say, wow, he was invincible. Yeah, so are you. You've got a purpose on your life for this day. Just like Jesus was invincible, he couldn't be destroyed until his purpose was fulfilled. You can't be destroyed until your purpose is fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah. You look at Moses. I go back to Moses. Moses had a prophecy had a, for his life. And you notice he had some God-fearing parents. Brother Branham says that an angel came to uh, Jochebed, I believe the father, and says, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the deliverer. And so there was a godly parent there that didn't believe he was given serpent seed. Dad always told us that growing up. God didn't give me serpent seed. God has a calling on your life. And I believe there's still some parents today that's believing the same thing. God hasn't given me serpent seed. But God has given me somebody that's elected for this day. And so as the soldiers... The same thing happened in Jesus' day. Uh, Pharaoh knew that there was a next generation rising up that was going to overpower him one day. So what did he do? He went out to destroy the next generation. Just like the devil knows, there's a next generation of warriors rising up that's going to destroy his kingdom. That's why pornography is on the rampage. Uh, Lust and smoking and drinking and complexes. He knows you're the next generation of warriors. What happened? What would have happened if all the mamas and daddies passed away? If all the kids, all the, all the boys were destroyed, there wouldn't have been a next generation. So whenever mama and daddy passed away, the children of Israel would have become extinct. There would have been no longer. And so there wouldn't those scriptural prophecies concerning their life wouldn't have come to pass. If there wasn't a next generation to fulfill them. Hope you're catching me this morning. There's prophecies for this day. The devil knows if mama and daddy go off the scene and you're not alive still by the Holy Ghost, there's not going to be a next generation of warriors. But I believe there's some young people that's not coming under that spirit but is under another spirit and say, I'm here for a purpose. And that's to be the next generation of warriors. And so what happened? They created an ark. They put a little ark together and put Moses in it and pushed him off in the Nile River. But the Branham says God sent a thousand angels to make sure he wouldn't be destroyed. There was crocodiles. There was this. There was that. But there was nothing that could destroy Moses because he had a purpose for his life. And there's nothing that can destroy you because there's a purpose for your life. Oh, hallelujah. Hope this is okay this morning. But you see, the reason why we, I know I'm all over the place, but the reason why we needed the message was to come and show us what truth really is. Like I said earlier, the Baptist is reading out of the same Bible. The Methodist is reading out of the same Bible. The Pentecostals is reading out of the same Bible, but have different interpretations. 
This one believes there's three gods. This one believes in sprinkling. This one believes Eve ate an apple. This one believes this and that. But there had to come somebody to say, no, that's not truth. Because there's the standards they're living. You see, let me read you the definition of a standard. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. The definition of a standard is somebody, is something established by authority as a model or example. And so we see the church world has become a model or example for the Antichrist spirit. And so God didn't want just examples for the devil. He wanted examples for himself. So we had to give a message to say, no, you're living the wrong example. You're living the wrong life. There's no overcoming power in man's interpretations. So he sent this Malachi 4 to turn our hearts back to the original word. How do you touch God? The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. And how do you get faith? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the only way to get faith is by hearing the word of God, not man's interpretations. So the only way to produce scripture for this day was for us to hear the word of God, which is the message of the hour. Oh, that just struck my heart the other day while I was preaching this. And it just struck me. Faith only that it made it. It was so simple to me. That's why we had to have the message of the hour. You can't be healed without faith. You can't see the rapture without faith. You're not going to get a body change without faith. And faith only cometh by hearing the word. Not man's twisted ideas of the word. But God's purely unadulterated word is going to produce faith. And that is what the message come to do is to produce a faith. So now we're no longer living under the Antichrist spirit, but we're come under the spirit of revelation. They're producing that spirit's actions, but the bride is producing, producing other actions. We've come under the message and now are producing different actions. Oh, you see, Brother Branham says, just like God was in Christ fulfilling the word, Christ is in the bride fulfilling the word for this day. He says the living God takes the living word and personally vindicates it to our lives. Takes the living word, not some fake idea, but in the living word. And now us producing it in our lives. You see, just like Christ was to make the word live when he was on earth, the bride is on earth to make the word live. You look at 2 Corinthians 3 and 2. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. 1 Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Known and read by all men. Be thou an example. What's the, what's the standard? An example yeah. of a higher authority. Yeah. You see, so the vindication of Christ's ministry was yeah. him living the word. Because okay. he stopped and he says, search the scriptures for they testify of me. His life was vindicating the message he had was the truth. And I believe your lives is a vindication that the message we've gotten this day is the truth. You look at when Jesus, they asked for a sign. And Jesus says, as Jonah was in the belly of the well for three days, so will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days. So we know when he was crucified, he was placed in the tomb. He wasn't dead. His spirit was alive. The body was dead. 
But there was a promise given that that body was going to raise up, even though the spirit was alive. But in order for the world to know he was alive, the body had to raise up. The spirit went to hell. He had to minister to the souls. He went to paradise. But he wasn't known on earth that he was alive because the body was still dead. The spirit of God has been alive. It's been here with power and authority. But it needs a body to fulfill itself. And say God's not dead. He's alive. But the body has to proclaim that it's alive. And you're the body of Christ on earth. That's proclaiming to the world that God's not dead. He's alive. God needs somebody to realize we're on earth for a special purpose. That's to proclaim that Jesus Christ is alive. He's not dead. He's not somewhere else. But he's right here living in my skins. Living in your skins. Living in your body. You're proclaiming to the world that God is alive. He's alive. You're proclaiming through your actions. Your actions is going to proclaim whether you're a Christian or not. That's what, that's what the, 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 the denominations don't realize. Their actions are proclaiming who they are. Your actions proclaim who you are. And so the message come to say the actions that they've got are the wrong actions. But the actions that you're supposed to produce is right here. But God has given us his thoughts. You see, Brother Branham says it takes one person surrender to God, to his word. Jesus Christ was God made flesh in order to die. The word, he was, he, the word was the same. The word just uh, flowed, just flew through him. There was no doubt at all. And God is trying to get somebody through the sanctifying power of Christ to yield to that word. That he and the word can become one again. That he can use the word through that person. Just like Hattie Wright. She yielded to the word. Then she started to manifest the same word. The same authority that the prophet had. Uh, Hope you're catching it this morning. The same authority that Christ had to produce the word is inside of some young people. And the same power that he had to say, search the scriptures. They testify of my life. The you young people's got the same power to say, devil, there's scriptures for this day. And I'm producing them. I'm manifesting them. I'm showing to the world that God's alive through my life. It's a standard that's been raised by the message of the hour. But the Brandon says another place. We are made partakers of his holiness. We in his image. We are living images of God. Then dead to self. Raised with him. Now, now listen. Listen to this. His word is made flesh again in us. The word is made flesh again in us. Just like Christ was word made flesh. There's some young people that is word made flesh once again. Oh, my. He says, oh, Brother Neville, look, what is it? Not the mythical, imaginary God sitting out there, but the living God. What is the living God? Let's let, let, let's let a prophet answer it. What is the living God? The word in you making itself real. 
It's the word in you making itself real. So no longer is it just a thought. It ain't just a word, but it's a living word making itself real among some young people. Hallelujah. The word is manifesting itself once again. He says, whoo, glory to God. Oh, I know you think I'm a holy roller. Maybe I am. But brother, do you see it? Triumph over every denomination, over every paganism. A living God made manifest in a living. And the word of God, which is God, is made flesh in you. The living God is no longer in the eternal realms, but it's in some young people proclaiming to the world that Jesus Christ is alive and well. He's not in a tomb. He's not way off, but he's right here in your skins in your flesh and you're producing the life of Christ Amen. you're a standard you're an example of the power of God because of this message hallelujah oh hallelujah just like God had preeminence in Christ and fulfilled the word for that day Christ the word is having preeminence in some young people and is producing the word for this day Another quote. Oh, this is okay this morning. And that's exactly, he says, when the church and the word, that, that's exactly why the church and the word has to be one. Like Jesus and God was one, just exactly. God was in Christ, reconciling the word to himself. So will Christ have to be, have to be, not maybe so, not a hope so, but Christ has to be in the church. And he says, the anointed Word to make everything fulfilled. All right. To make everything fulfilled. Yeah. How are we going to fulfill scripture for this day? Yeah. The anointed word coming on the inside of some young people. Inside of the bride. And fulfilling everything that God has for this day. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you. He that believeth on me, the works that I do. Shall he do also the greater works than these shall he do? Then he right. stops and he says, because I go under my father. All right. And I, that, you know, I, that just hit me yesterday when I was reading that. He says, the same works that I do, you're going to do. Right. The greater works. Brother Random says, not greater, but more of. And he says, because I go to my father. Right. Somebody's got to pronounce the word is alive. Right. Somebody's got to show that God is on earth still. I'm going to my father, but I'm giving you an authority to produce the same life that I got. You can produce. Somebody's going to be an example of the power of God. Somebody's going to be an example. The enemy's coming in like a flood, but God has raised up some young people and is proclaiming that God is alive. Another quote. Remember, we are now as his bride, pregnant with his spirit. Oh my, the church bearing children, see, pregnant by his spirit with his name, bearing his life, bearing forth signs of his life. Evidence with the preeminence, evidence of his resurrection, showing that he's not dead, but he's alive forevermore. This is eternal life vindicated vindicates to the world that we're alive in him and he goes whoo vindicating to the world that we're alive in him he's alive in us 
which is a great union, show it to the devil. You make up the Baptist. You make up the Methodist. You make up the Pentecostals. But God has raised up a standard in this last day that you can't touch. You know, Brother Branham says that Eve loved, believed in a God, but she disbelieved one word. And the same word that Eve disbelieved, this second Eve is going to believe. And she's going to produce the word. You know, Brother Branham says in another place that God took six years to create, an, uh, to create paradise, to create Eden. And the devil had Eve fall in the middle of his Eden. And now the devil has taken 6,000 years to create his paradise, to create his Eden. And God has another Eve. But she's not going to fall like she did in the beginning. But she's going to rise. And I believe you're a part of that church, that bride that's rising in power, rising in authority, rising in dominion. You're producing the word for this day. That's why we can get excited and shout and rejoice because we're seeing the scriptural prophecies being fulfilled in our lives. Look at on the day of Pentecost. There were scriptures prophesied for that day. Then they, then they came under the Holy Ghost and they came out staggering like drunk men. And somebody asked them, are y'all drunk? What's wrong with y'all? And Peter says, no, nah, we're not drunk. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He started to produce the words for that day. That's why he couldn't help but get excited. He started to manifest the word. It wasn't a passing emotion, but it was a reality that anchored his soul. You don't got to get a passing emotion. The, 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 the denominations has been on passing emotions for years. But this bride ain't on a passing emotion. But she's got a reality and is producing the words. Brother Branham says, by God, he's here. God's vindicated. Revelation made plain to them. He's speaking of the, the 120 in the upper room. They was happy about it. God promised it. Here it was revealed to them. Vindicated to them. Amen. Here was the man standing there saying, this is that. And there it was being vindicated by the same signs. The same signs that scripture spoke of. They was producing. And the same thing is happening today. We see the word of promise being vindicated through our lives. There's a bride that's come under scriptural prophecies. And the things we've been waiting on, we're now producing. You look at the woman at the well. She was waiting for a Messiah. And Jesus came and was talking to her. And she was looking for someone to come. She was looking for signs to come. She was looking for an authority to come. But then the same things she was waiting on, Jesus started to manifest. But you noticed he needed somebody to manifest that through. You know the story I'm talking about. And she asked him, I perceive you're a prophet. For when the Messiah comes, he will do these things. And he stopped and he says, I am he. But you notice what she says. She ran and says, come see a man who has told me. Me, everything I done. So the thing she was waiting on was being manifested through her life. All right. Okay. Did you catch that? She was waiting for these things to come. She was waiting for Christ to come, waiting for the Messiah to come. And when he came, she was man, he was manifesting his power and authority through her life. Amen. 
And she became an example. She ran to the city. Brother Branham says that she wasn't even allowed to be around the around the men. She wasn't she wasn't allowed to go into the city around the people. But then all of a sudden, the people that shunned her was now believing her. What happened? She had become an example of the power that they was waiting on. You get on fire with this message. You'll become an example for what the world is waiting on. on, They're wanting a living God. They're wanting something with power. They're wanting something to stabilize the soul. And they're trying drugs. They're trying alcohol. They're trying this and that. But there's nothing to stabilize the thirst. But there's an example right here in the middle of Hardy, Arkansas that can show the world that it's not in drugs. It's not in alcohol. But it's in the reality of Jesus Christ. There's an example. God has lifted up a standard. And proclaiming to the world. Look what he's done in me. Come see a man. Who was told me all that I have ever done. You look. Hope this is okay. I'll close here in a minute. But you look at Moses. I know I keep going back to Moses. But Moses, under inspiration, says, let there be flies. Let there be frogs. Let there be lice. Brother Branham says, if that was Moses speaking his own words, God didn't have to vindicate it. He didn't have to back it up. But he says, but God gave his thoughts. And Moses was speaking God's thoughts, so God was obligated to back it up. But you notice, God wasn't obligated just for Moses. But he was obligated for everybody under Moses. It wasn't just Moses that went through the Red Sea. I preached him this morning. It wasn't, it's not going to be just the prophet. See the body change. It's not going to be just the preachers. See a rapture. It's not going to be just the adults. See the rapture. But there's some examples. Some young people under the message. That is going to see yeah. the same thing. Yes. Yes, so you look. You see. The, you look at Miriam. Miriam had seen Moses call lice. Call frogs. And call, turn water in the, in, the, in the blood. But it was never really personally to her. Because the taskmasters were still beating her. She was still in bondage. Moses had the supernatural. And that was wonderful. But she wanted to see the supernatural for herself. Oh my. But once she got across the Red Sea, it wasn't just Moses with the supernatural. It wasn't just Moses fulfilling the words. But she turned around and seen the taskmaster that beat her day after day, month after month, year after year. It was no longer just Moses with this authority, but the same authority that Moses had, she was manifesting. The Egyptians that she's seen year after year were now dead. The same authority that Moses had, Miriam was experiencing. The same authority that the preachers have, you young people can experience. The same authority that Brother Branham had, you young people can experience. You can speak to your mountain and doubt not that it will have to be removed. You speak to your circumstance. You speak to that addiction. You speak it. That authority is not just in the prophet, 
but it's inside of young people under the message. And then the children of Israel became standards. Because you notice whenever they got into Jericho, what did Rahab say? What did Rahab say? She said the men's hearts were fainted when we heard what y'all did to the Egyptians. Oh, they become standards. It wasn't, they wasn't just looking at the power of God, but they had somebody to look to and say, God, through you, destroyed the Egyptians. God, through you, split the Red Sea. God, through you, destroyed the giants. They have become the examples. Oh, hallelujah. And I believe there's somebody here that the world can't just look at the prophet or look to preachers or, or look to some, some, uh, some imagination. But now they're looking at some vessels and say, my goodness, how are you doing it? How are you not bound to smoking? How are you not bound to drinking? How are you not laughing at these dirty jokes? How are you wearing your skirts, young ladies? How are you wearing your long hair? How are you now looking as an example? Not just God. But now they can see somebody. That's what this message come to do. To bring God out of the eternal realms. So that some young people can now walk as Christ walked on earth. That the world can look at a living God in your skins. At a living God through your skins. A living God in your skins. And you can say, oh yes, come see a man. Come see God. He touched me and he can touch you. I'm a standard. I'm a standard. I'm a standard of what God's power can do. And he can do it for you as well. One more last point before I close. You look at David. I know these are just simple examples. But you look at David. David was a little nobody, a young person. Ready? Nothing for his stature. But God called him for a special purpose. But you notice that he wasn't just called, but he was anointed. He wasn't just anointed, but his purpose was given to him. On the backside of the door with the sheep, Samuel came up to him, gave him a message, and says, you're going to reign as king. Uh But he didn't just give him a message, but then he anointed him with oil. So now he had the anointing to fulfill his purpose. And so, whenever he was coming to the, to the battleground, and Goliath was making his big boast, he was saying, I defy the armies of the living God. If there's somebody here that can destroy me, let him come up and fight me. But you notice, there was bigger guys than David. There were stronger guys than David. There was more capable men from the natural life than David. But they weren't anointed. They didn't have a message telling them they were going to survive. They didn't know if they were going to survive or not. All they knew was that was a big Goliath and he's going to destroy me. But David was saying, that's a big Goliath. But I've got a message saying I'm going to reign as king. There's no Goliath. There's no bear. There's no lion. There's nothing that's going to keep me from fulfilling my purpose. So he was a standard. He was an example. He was going up. And he was like, why are y'all hiding in the caves? Why are y'all in y'all's tents? Ain't this the army of the living God? But you notice it takes the word to produce a living army. 
They were dead. They were dead while they lived. The Bible says that this day there's women that's dead while they live. What's that? They're dead in their sins. Even though they're alive. But that's another subject. But this, this army was dead. But David wasn't dead. He was alive by revelation. He had been anointed. And the message proclaimed his purpose. And so he ran up to Goliath. And says today I'm going to take your head off. I don't care how big you are. How bad you are. How strong you are. How much of a warrior you are. You notice that David was a very young boy. And that Goliath was on earth a lot longer than David was. Just like you are some young people. And the devil's been on earth a lot longer than you have. He's got more experience than you. That's why you needed somebody to tell you how to defeat the devil. Which was the message of the hour. And so David says, I'm going to take your head off. He took, but the random says he took five stones. And with his five fingers, faith in Jesus. And he slung that stone and I brought down the Goliath. But you notice too many people stop right there. Too many times we come to church and we get a victory. Yeah. You know, we get a victory. God touches our life. But we go home the same. Uh, yeah. David, David is going to make sure that that Goliath wasn't going to get back up. Too many times we come to church, come to a youth meeting, come to a youth camp, knock the devil down. We get back home, we do CPR on him. And bring that devil back to life in your life. And you're still bound. You're still addicted. You're still in your your jail cell. But David was going to make sure that this Goliath wasn't going to bother him no longer. There was an authority because of a message that was given by a prophet. And let me say, there's an authority inside of your lives where you don't got to go and struggle with addictions no more. You don't got to go back and those old devils plague your mind no longer. What you need to do is draw your sword. Draw your sword. David said, nah, this Goliath has been plaguing us too long. I'm taking the sword. I'm anointed. I've been given a message. And I'm going to cut that devil's head off. This morning, you're anointed. You've been given a message. Draw your sword and cut off pornography. Cut off addictions. Cut off complexes. Anxiety. Whatever it is, there's an authority inside of your life as the musicians come. Somebody's going to be an example. But the story don't just stop there. David turned around and he says, hey guys. I know you haven't experienced what I've experienced. He picks up the head and says, look, I did it. I know it looks impossible. It looks impossible to live an overcoming life. It looks impossible to live a a life above complexes and anxiety. It looks impossible, guys. But look, I did it. You can do it too. And the Bible says the children of Israel seen what David done and got courage. They seen a living God inside of a living young person. And they realized if David can do it, I can do it too. And young people, I did it. You can do it too. The same God that got a hold of my life can get a hold of your life. The same message that gave me an authority can give you an authority. I did it. Brother Andrew did it. This is a young man that's been full time since he was 16. 
God did it for him. God can do it for you. Dad's been pastoring since he was 19, preaching since he was 13, 14. God did it for him. God can do it for you. You may not be a preacher, but God can get a hold of your life and the same authority that Brother Andrew got, that Brother Wendell got, Brother Ben got, is the same authority that you can have in your life. Let's bow our heads this morning. Can notice play something soft? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, this is what you placed upon my heart, Father. And Lord, may these young people realize that they're not just wannabes. They're not just hope so's. But this message has raised them up above the world. They've got the advantage, Lord. The, The Pentecostals, the denominations would love to be where they're at right now. They would love the opportunity to live a life above sin. But Lord, you've given these young people the opportunity. And Lord, may they realize that you've given them something special. Lord, may they get into the message for themselves. May they get into these tapes for themselves. Not just mama's revelation or dad's revelation or the pastor's revelation. But may they get a revelation for themselves, Lord. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. We've got no excuse. This, I was recently in Czech Republic. And they told me that they've only got 300 tapes in their language. And that just struck me. So we got every sermon on tape in our language. It just hit me. What am I doing with the message? There's no excuses. What are you doing with the message? You may say, I'm only 12. I'm only 13. That don't matter. David was a young boy. Samuel was a young boy. It don't matter the age. But God needs some dedicated young people inside of this message. That's listening to the tapes. Studying for themselves. It's the only way it's going to produce a rapturing faith is on the inside of this message. But Brother Branham says, rapturing faith is on the inside of these tapes. Hearing comes by the word. Our faith cometh by the word of God. So let's get into this message. Amen. Let's all stand. Go ahead and sing, brother. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's a bride rising up, there's a bride. Are you part of that bride this morning? There's a bride, there's a bride. Sing Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army 
rise. Can you just lift your hands and sing it with all your heart? Oh, there's an army. Lord, I'm a, I'm a part of your army. I'm a part of your army. To break every chain. You don't got to be bound this morning. You don't got to be shackled this morning. Break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Can we sing that song, Rising Up? Rising up, oh, rising up, oh, rising up. Oh, there's a new testament church rising up. Can we sing verse one? As I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand, the bride of Christ, the dawn in her wedding gown. Oh, just like in the days of old, as they stood in courage bold, they turned this whole world upside down. Oh, we're rising up. Rising up. Hallelujah. There's a new testament church rising up. Oh, oh, oh. rising up. Rising up. There's a new testament church rising up. Now the Bible plainly tells how the Holy Ghost fell. Signs and wonders were done by the apostles' hands. Oh, demon spirits were cast out. In the jail they sang and shout. While surrounded by the holy angel band. Oh, we're rising up. We're rising up. There's a new mature rising. Oh, you're part of that church rising up. Hallelujah, rising up. There's a new testament church rising up. Well, if you think it's all long gone, how the miracles are done. Let me testify. Have some good news to bring to you. In the last days, in the last days, he will pour. Of this spirit more and more Like a mighty eagle Your strength he'll renew Oh, we're rising up Oh, there's a new testament church rising up Sing it again now, rising up There's a New Testament church rising up, 
We're rising up, rising up. There's a New Testament church rising up. Once again, we're rising up, rising up. There's a New Testament church rising up. Oh, we're rising up, we're rising up. There's a New Testament church rising up. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Key of G, key of G, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Amen. Let's just worship the Lord for a moment. Well, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in this army. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. If I sing, let me sing in the army of the Lord. If I sing, let me sing in this army. If I sing, let me sing in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of Lord. If I die, if I fight, let me fight the army of the Lord. If I fight, let me fight in this army. If I fight, let me fight in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. If I die, Oh, if I die, I'll die if I in the army of the Lord. If I die, I'll die if I in this army. I'll die if I in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. I'm a soldier one more time. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. In this army, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. Amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. There is power in the blood. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would your evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in with all our hearts. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, there is power. Power, wonder-working power, the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's time. There's wonderful power in the blood. Yes, there is power, 
power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, and would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in. Sing it with all your heart. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious. Sing all the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white at one more time. And oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Just before we go, just before we pray over the food, amen, we got the real musicians up here now, so... Amen. Let's sing that song. You young people, I'm going to make you get a little interactive. So spread out a little bit. We're going to do God's Not Dead. you got to do all the motions. It took me like three pulls and my wife helping me out of bed this morning, staying up that late. So y'all got to give us some energy tonight, okay? We're going to do this a few times through. I want to see y'all moving around, okay? Well, God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive, God's not dead. He is alive, I feel him in my hands, I feel him in my feet, I have him in my heart, and he's all over me. I think we can move around better than that. God's not dead, he is alive, God's not dead. God's not dead. He is alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I have him in my heart. And he's all over me. Once again, well, my God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. God's not dead. He is alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I have him in my heart. And he's all over me. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning?
Amen. Did you enjoy that service? Amen. We just appreciate our brother coming out and doing such a wonderful job. Amen. We just definitely love the Lord this morning. We're going to pray before we go over and have a meal. Then we're going to worship just for a few moments. If you want to stay with us and sing. But if you would, just Brother Andrew, would you come and just pray over the food and the service tonight as we just bow our heads. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for the spirit that's here this morning. Lord, the spirit of unity, the spirit of power. Lord, we thank you for it. Father, we thank you for the word that we heard this morning. Lord, it was nothing but the truth. Father, may we not just hear this word and enjoy the presence that it was sent to us in. But, Father, may we take it out of this building today, Lord, and hide it away in our hearts, O oh God. And, Father, may we meditate upon it and rehearse it in our minds, Lord. May it, as your servant spoke to us so beautiful this morning, may it be materialized in our lives, Lord. May it become flesh again, Father. Lord, as we prepare, Lord, for the meal, we ask you would bless it, Lord. May you sanctify it. Father, may you bless the hands that prepared it, Lord. Lord, may you be with us throughout the remainder of the day. Prepare our hearts for the oncoming service this evening. Lord, may you renew strength to your servant, Brother Josh. Lord, may you bless him, Father. Bless his family, Lord, his ministry, O oh God. Lord, may you continue to use him, Father, in a mighty way to bless your children. And we'll be sure to give thee all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For it's in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Sing this just as we go. We'll sing this song one time through, and then you're free to go one day. It's one of my favorite songs. Let's just sing this as we worship. Oh, some days drag, some days fly, some days I think of the day I'll die. Some days fill me, some days drain. so close to him it's no big change on the day that Jesus calls my name most days I pray some days I heard sad number of days I had put myself first it's not what I do the cross made that plain oh and one day jesus will call you looking forward to that day oh one day jesus will call my name as days go by i hope i don't stay the same get so close to him it's no big change on the day that Jesus, you're free to go in the name of the Lord. Oh, and one day Jesus will call my name. As days go by, I hope I don't stay the same. want to get so close to Him. It's no big change on the day that Jesus calls. Well, most days I pray, 
Some days I heard a sad number of days I had put myself first. It's not what I do. The cross made that plain. Oh, and one day Jesus will call my name. One day Jesus will call my Get so close to him, it's no big change on the day that Jesus calls my name. Oh, one day Jesus will call.